0: Good morning. You're in the loop. Every week we talk with the people who make San Antonio a better place to live. Thanks for joining us in the loop. Here's your host, Milton Glick.
1: And welcome to in the loop. I'm Milton Glick. And that's what we do. We get you caught up with the people and the places, the organizations that are making San Antonio a better place to live. And we're going to broaden our, our, our scope. We're not only going to talk about San Antonio and uh, uh, our next guest's uh ability to make it a better place to live but she and another group and actually a couple of groups are are going worldwide with with something that she's a part of and uh it's uh really a really an ex- it's an exciting story she's been on this show she's been on other shows and uh by the time we are finished with the uh the show you will be amazed and and super interested in what she does uh you will uh gay her passion is very clear and we'll tell you how you can participate too but uh But um, let me introduce you to our guest, Dr. Annette Zaharoff. Uh, And um, so tell folks a little bit about what you do, because if I do it, I'm going to butcher it.
2: Okay, thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. Sure. So I'm a physician here in San Antonio. I'm a sports medicine doctor. My board certification or specialty is called physical medicine and rehabilitation. And that particular specialty has a lot of different branches. And my interest really was the orthopedic side of it. We deal with neurological patients, stroke patients, other types of things, but mine was more related to musculoskeletal. So I did a sports medicine fellowship, uh, started practice in San Antonio a few years back. I won't say how many, but a few. <laughs> have good experience. And really, my focus is non-surgical treatment for orthopedic pain problems. And unfortunately, that sounds a little unique because we have patterns of seeing maybe our primary care doctor when we get injured, you're not getting well you know some pills didn't work you get an mri you maybe have a little disc bulge you go to the surgeon you know the surgeon may say yay yay nay but then you're left with what what if i don't need surgery and that's exactly what our specialty does we're really capturing people who have pain and there are a lot of methods that we can use to actually treat that patient without surgery and you know potentially some other invasive things
1: and that's kind of exciting because um the 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 treatments that you do um uh, are are innovative in the sense that that when you started them, we won't see how many years ago. <laughs> you can if you like, but uh, that were really quite quite innovative. Do you want to talk a little bit about what's involved?
2: Oh yeah, it's a uh, really an exciting time for me, and I think other professionals to be in medicine. Um, about thirteen or fourteen years ago now, I studied prolotherapy, and uh, hooked up with a group through the University of Wisconsin that was putting on a conference for that particular technique. I had read some things about it. It's a regenerative therapy, one of the actually earliest. It's been around since the 1950s. Wow. And I was interested because in my own population of patients, we have physical therapy in my practice. Patients do great, but there was 10, 15% that just didn't heal. And it seems, well, if this person heals with an ankle sprain, why doesn't this one? So the idea that there could be something else that I could add to stimulate the body's own healing was just it sounded it's a miracle it's something we do every day but it was something I could do for my patients. So I ended up going through the conference and uh, absolutely knew that this was something that I wanted to get in, get more in, in information about and became involved with them as a faculty person eventually became on their person on a board. Uh, helping them with their long-term strategic planning and branching out into a new organization called the International Association for Regenerative Therapy, of which I'm now the president. So it's really been a game-changer, I think, for my practice, for patients, and for other physicians practicing this area of medicine, is being able to stimulate the body to heal again once it's shut down and they're just ending up with pain.
1: Yeah, and part of what you do, too, and we'll get to it in just a second— also translates to the things that you're able to do internationally, so what does this therapy the regenerative ther- regenerative therapy what is the significance as com- uh, comparison as compared to just surgery and physical therapy You've kinda, you kind of you really did allude to it, but mm-hmm. in terms of of cost in terms of healing in terms of of longevity of of healing.
2: Well, that's really one of the beauties of prolotherapy. It's under the umbrella of regenerative treatments, but unlike, say, platelet-rich plasma or stem cells, which are a little more pricey, prolotherapy uses lidocaine and dextrose, which is glucose. And it basically starts the first reaction in the body's repair response, which is an inflammatory response. So what that does is it makes it more cost-effective. It makes it very safe. Mm -hmm. And so how that translates is that it's an easy treatment to take to another country for underserved areas to actually be able to institute this type of therapy. So our foundation and now the association do trips to different parts of the world. We go to areas in Asia and Greece and places to actually teach other doctors to do these therapies so they can branch out and do them in their own country And we also do service learning trips, or what we call them, where we go to countries like Mexico and Guadalajara, Honduras, where we can actually bring in physicians and treat patients by large numbers and actually do something for the population. So in Honduras, for instance, um, our foundation has gone there for 50 years. Wow. Our trip is, yes, that's a long time. And it's really put locals on the ground understanding this therapy. We actually have trained their pain management anesthesiologist residents who now have set up two or three of their own prolotherapy clinics. So we've really made a footprint not just coming in and dropping off some tablets, but actually helping people in a country that is very underserved, very very manually driven in terms of their workforce, and now we're being able to educate the doctors in that country to take this out further.
1: So and to to dumb it down for me, it seems to me that what you're saying is in these countries, you've not only given a man a fish, but you've taught him how to fish. Exactly. Yeah, so you're you're lasting. The impression is lasting there as well. Um, our guest today, Dr. Annette Zaharoff, uh, MD here in San Antonio. And before we go into the international stuff, uh, if you've piqued somebody's interest here who's listening, who wants to learn more, how do they get in touch with you here uh, as this is broadcast in San Antonio primarily?
2: Well, it's certainly always welcome to contact my office, and that number is 210-616-0646. We're located in the medical center area, and my website, www.drzmd.com.
1: Okay, um, okay. so you're doing this now. You're getting good results. At what point does somebody – does the light bulb go off and someone says, you know, we can – Changed the lives of people in in Central America and Asia, and we need to share this with the world. Did someone come to you, or you guys? Did or was it kind of? How did it all come to be that you should go international?
2: Well, yeah, that's um, so. The foundation's name is Hackett Hemwell Patterson Foundation, and the first three HHPs are doctors who actually started the organization. Dr. Hemwell, back in the '50s, was a general surgeon and noticed when he would have a surgical case, if he irrigated the wound with dextrose, it healed better than without. So he started actually exploring the use of dextrose for healing and was one of the original founders of this technique. He met another uh, surgeon, Dr. Hackett, Mm -hmm. and the two of them had kind of a philanthropic heart, a very giving heart, and basically looked to try to take this treatment to countries that don't get served in a medical way that they need to and they picked Honduras. So basically, our first trip was probably with less than half a dozen doctors, if that, being housed in people's homes, doing clinics in barns and things of whatever they needed to do. And from that time, 50 years ago, it has grown into an international trip for doctors to come. We treat hundreds if not thousands of patients over a two-week period. We have three sites that we've established in Honduras. And each site has anywhere from 15 to 20 doctors treating from morning till evening. So it's really um, from them that we started this whole, I feel, giving side of things. And it's a a very rewarding experience to be a physician and give something and somebody appreciates it and and then be remembered for that. And our foundation certainly is.
1: And when you read a little bit about online about the descriptions of the people that you're helping, I'm going to ask you to kind of paint that picture uh, it is not um, hyperbole to say that you are literally uh, saving lives, uh, n- not only the quality, but just physically. Um, talk about, um, I, g- I guess, someone that you might treat in Honduras and what they're experiencing before they get to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the website talks about um, women and some of their roles and and, and how having this kind of injury – um, can just be debilitating and mm-hmm. and threaten their quality of life.
2: Yes, yeah, so, well, particularly in Honduras, it's actually one of the poorest and probably most dangerous countries in the world. And the people there, their hearts are gold. The the people who who are Honduran natives, but they rely on physical prowess to do things. They're carrying, the, they're not carrying, having a donkey carry something, they're carrying something the donkey carries so they can put their kid on the donkey. So it's, a, it's really physically driven to have to be able to do manual labor there. So when we are treating orthopedic pain, typically people aren't maybe receiving as good of medical care as they should or they don't seek it out. Someone may come in, for instance, a, a case that we had last year, a young man who dislocated his shoulder and hardly could use the muscles and you know he had a little sling that he used for a while but did all his work the best he could one armed so the use of our treatment actually helped restore some of that muscle function and stability now that's not going to reverse all injuries but it gave him the ability to actually continue to seek a livelihood and be yeah. able to participate and at that age, uh, not to be able to do that is pretty devastating.
1: No, that's what was clear was for many people. It sounded like from from what I read, and you just expressed it. Um, having these kind of injuries means that your livelihood is gone. Correct. Yeah, and so um, you mentioned that as a success story. What what other kind of um, in, in the fifty years? What, what have you uh, what have you seen?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't been there for 50 no, years. No, I'm sorry. What have they <laughs> seen in the 50 years? I apologize. Well, thank you for saying I look so young. Um, well, really, I, I have seen so many things. It's really hard to describe. And actually, the benefit of having that continuity is uh-huh. that we see people come back. So two years ago, maybe we saw someone with knee pain, and you see them again. We keep records, our medical charts. And they're coming back, you're thinking, oh, no, the treatment didn't help. Well, they they dance in and say, oh, it's not my knee. Now my elbow hurts or my shoulder. So really any area that's um, amenable to an injection therapy we've treated and cases, there are just numerous things from neck pain to back pain where, where people really were unable to move or physically unable to squat or stand for long periods and be able to see the follow-ups on the people and doing better or get follow-up from the locals that live there and say so-and-so who you treated, wanted you to know. So we stay in touch with the patients as we need to and some of them we get to see back and see the results.
1: Very interesting. Okay, so you mentioned Central America, but where else does the group go as well? And are there differences in those places in terms of Mm -hmm. of what you see?
2: Oh, um, Well, we see pain wherever wherever we go, so that's the same. But uh, we've also uh, done a trip, as I I said earlier, in Guadalajara. This is our 13th year, and it's a really heartfelt story as to how that brigada came about. There's a doctor in Guadalajara named Dr. David De La Mora who happened to see one of the conference brochures from the University of Wisconsin and didn't really have the means to get there. He was going to take a bus from Guadalajara to Madison, Wisconsin.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: So he contacted the Two um, co-sponsors, the, the Dr. Jeff Patterson and his wife, Mary Doherty, and said, hey, he's going to take a bus, but maybe could they find him housing? Well, our foundation gave him airfare. He came to the conference and, again, same kind of thing, drank the Kool-Aid and said, this is incredible, and went home and got his community group to start the Brigada 13 years ago. Same thing. It's volunteers from their local group. They ask volunteers from our foundation to actually come and help. It started out with five people maybe going and this year we just completed our thirteenth year. We had twenty four doctors that came for a week. Wow. And we actually did over nine hundred treatments on prolotherapy patients.
1: So these the how many doctors? Twenty four. Twenty four doctors and they're they represent countries.
2: Yes, we had two physicians from Seoul, a physician from okay. Puerto Rico, from Canada. A majority from the United States, and we had actually four doctors from Mexico come to train with us.
1: So, it occurs to me that you're one of the cool things is that it's easy to see how you're helping. But I'm wondering, and, and I don't know the answer to this. This always makes me scared to ask questions. I don't know where it might go. But the other way are these? Are, are we learning things on this end uh, from the the doctors who are? Literally, in the field and in the front lines who are doing the treatments in other countries, are we learning like you mentioned the dextrose with the mm-hmm. doctor here or are we picking up stuff that they 're learning as they practice this as well
2: yeah, and you're talking about utilizing prolotherapy yes, yes, yeah, so I think really what we 're seeing is that there's um, other uses of dextrose in different concentrations for different problems, so okay. we 're treating with 15 to 20 percent dextrose concentration, musculoskeletal pain, like a knee pain problem, hip problem. What's been discovered is that dextrose has other healing properties and we can use it on nerves for neuropathic pain. So a treatment called perineural injection therapy is simply injecting dextrose slightly superficial to a, a subcutaneous nerve or just below the skin nerve and we can actually change and inhibit that pain pattern. So that is a another thing that's happened in terms of finding the medicinal properties of something as simple as dextrose so we're yeah it's it's really just a a explosive field we held an educational conference in Madison Wisconsin in October and we dedicate one day to research Uh and research brings people from all over the world studying dextrose or regenerative injections and it is an, an opportunity for us to learn kind of what the cutting edge is and how these things work and what conditions can be treated We have high-level evidence now showing its benefit to knee osteoarthritis that's published in medical journals. So I think uh, as an accumulative effect, it's put more people out in the field and having more exposure to be able to collect data and also discover in more academic institutions how these things work and how they can be applied.
1: Makes perfect sense. Our, our guest today on In the Loop, Dr. Annette Zaharoff, um, who has a practice here in San Antonio where we are talking international. But, again, let's bring it back home uh, if folks are listening to this and want to learn more. Um, how do they find you? And then how do they find the organizations?
2: So my office number, 210-616-0646, is the easiest way to contact the office. Okay. And the foundation that I mentioned, HHP. Foundation.org is the website. There are many opportunities to get involved in terms of uh, financial opportunities for mm-hmm. donation. But one of the things that can be life-changing is volunteering for one of our trips, which is an opportunity that I can't tell you how many left roads have turned to the right road with uh, kids or teenagers that, that have come with us or parents bring their child. Or It's been a life-changing experience for pretty much everyone who comes, so that's always an opportunity for someone. The International Association for Regenerative Therapy, or Mm iART.org, is also a professional group for regenerative therapies, but it has opportunities for membership, for people to support, advocate for regenerative therapies that don't necessarily have to be healthcare practitioners.
1: So talk about you. you, So your face lit up when you talked about going and being part of one of the the, the trips. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk about how somebody gets involved in that. What do they do? You mentioned, so I'm guessing you can be, uh, an adult. You can be a uh, near adult. Mm-hmm. Um, talk yeah, a little if, bit about that.
2: Yeah. So really, if you just want to help, you can come mm-hmm. because there are so many things that are involved from interpretation, you know, interpreting for us. And so I'll give you an okay. example actually of a, a younger person who was working in a coffee shop, but had gone through medical interpretation school with Spanish had never used it. And his mother was one of our uh, uh, nurses that was helping us. So she brought him along. This was two years ago. And he just, just couldn't get his act together, so to speak. And she brought him there. Well, he was one of our interpreters. He was brilliant. It lit his fire back up. He came home, quit his coffee job, found a international company that he travels with to do Spanish interpretation for medical groups. His life has changed. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful story. Yeah, it's fantastic. And um, many, so some of our people that are going for helpers, parents might bring their children, I believe you have to be 14 or 15 to go. And then other people, we have people that are carpenters and they don't necessarily do carpentry, but they just help us. We have to set up our own clinics when we go there. We start out with an empty room and we put up our PVC piping and our drapes and our exam tables and we create a clinic. And that takes, a, you know, a village. So really just getting your hands in there in any way that you can help. As we're going through the clinics, we have people that are helping assist us clean the rooms mm-hmm. or help us create solutions or resupply or stock our rooms or help with patient you know, transport. There are just so many ways to be involved. Um, it's just wanting to give.
1: When is the next trip?
2: So our Honduras trip is coming up for March 6th through 20th. Oh, okay. It's coming coming up up very soon. Mm -hmm, Very soon. Do
1: you still need people to help?
2: I'm sure that there's always room for volunteers. Okay. So really getting in touch uh, on our website. There's an area that you can uh, hit one of the tabs that talks about the Honduras trip. And certainly would be an opportunity to find out more and if something is available.
1: And the website, you you gave a couple of them. Which website do they go to for this?
2: This would be hhpfoundation.org.
1: Okay, hhpfoundation.org. And here's the deal we make with our listeners on In the Loop. I'm Milton Glick. And if you didn't get that, maybe you're driving somewhere so you can't write it and you're trying to remember it. Don't worry. Just remember the radio station K-L-U-P or KSLR that you were listening to. Call me Milton here at the station, and I will get you the information and get you in touch uh, with with the organization uh, that Dr. Saharoff is talking about. Um, we we have about five minutes left, and I want to make sure I had I've, I've, I've touched on everything. What else can you think of that our our listeners? And then I have some more weird questions for you. So no. what uh, what, uh, what what else should they know?
2: Well, um, I think one of the other things is that when I talk about doing injection therapies, one of the the things that we've really focused on now is using ultrasound-guided image. Yeah, thank to you. Do I'm that. Glad you brought that up. So um, I am currently in the process of um, trademarking a, a, a process called ProloSound. And basically, it's using ultrasound-guided image to direct to our targets where we're injecting. So it's really combining uh, an area of diagnostics that has been used, ultrasound has been used for quite a while with injection therapies now to help us target that. Uh, One of the benefits of what we talked about with these trips is that having come back from Guadalajara, I'm the educational director for that trip, And we were able to get six ultrasound machines to actually use during that brigada. And some of us that are more well-trained in ultrasound would then work with other doctors to help them learn how to use those machines. But it also enhanced the patient's safety and the effectiveness of the treatment. Things that are harder to treat, uh, we were able to image them and then also use that image uh, guidance to do the treatment therapies.
1: And that seems to be, I'm guessing, the key being that uh, because of the accuracy that the ultrasound provides, um, there's less risk. Uh, it's, uh, the, like you mentioned, it's more efficient, and I'm guessing the, the, the healing is quicker with all those other factors taken into consideration. Yeah, it can be. Um, okay. Yeah,
2: the, many injection therapies are, are headed towards doing things with uh, some type of image guidance. Uh, one of the earlier Ways to do that was fluoroscopy, which is a live x ray, but that involves a lot of radiation. Oh. Ultrasound basically is sound waves, it's very, very safe. It also allows the doctor to have a patient move an area so you can get a dynamic study and see potentially some injury that doesn't happen while well, the patient's static. It has a lot of benefits, and we have um, some companies that we've worked with now that are. Uh, Making very portable units It almost looks like a shaver Like an electric shaver size And you plug it into your iPhone So I'm in in the midst of Trying to get one of these vendors To maybe give us some loaners for Honduras So we could at least put one of those At each clinic and um, that, it would be incredible. So that I don't know if it's okay to use a company name, but their name is Butterfly. And they actually have uh, funding from the gate, um, Bill Gates uh-huh. because they were interested in funding a project that could be taken to underserved areas and help doctors with diagnosis and treatment. So I'm hoping that there's a good maybe marriage there that we might be able to work in.
1: Wow. And then you can imagine with the portability and the ease of doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. How many people can be helped? Mm -hmm. This is so exciting. Okay, so my weird question was, um, you had mentioned the dextrose and and using that and nerve. Now, is it nerve regeneration? Because you're you're Mm -hmm. talking to a a novice.
2: Not a problem. So, you know, nerves are what make us feel things, Mm -hmm. okay? And sometimes they get overstimulated or they get pinched and they cause pain. So there is a use of dextrose called perineural injection therapy that uses a lesser concentration, 5%. And we're actually either what we call hydro-dissecting the nerve. We're making a halo around the nerve to get it unpinched because we get constrictions. And that's what causes that pressure, which causes pain. So we're literally using ultrasound to look at the nerve and then uh, put solution around it to open that space up to let those signals go and release that tension that's causing pain. So very uh, great treatment. I mean, it, it really can be almost immediate relief. It requires multiple treatments, though, to get lasting relief. And there is the same thing. Mayo Clinic just came out with a study that showed that carpal t- tunnel can be treated with this and had excellent results. And, you know, if that's not a seller, I don't know what is. No, <laughs>
1: and and... I'm imagining on the other part, I don't know about carpal tunnel, but on the other part that prior to this you would have had to surgically do something which, one, is expensive, two, is scary, um, and if you can do this with... Dextrose. Wow. <laughs>
2: yeah, definitely um, would make more sense, wouldn't it?
1: All right, yeah, so listen, you're doing some exciting things, and we're glad to have you on. We've got a minute left. I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about your practice here in San Antonio and how you can help people.
2: Well, as I said early on, um, I think the focus of non-surgical should be attractive to anybody that has pain, and I've had patients that are scheduled for hip replacement next week or knee replacement tomorrow or shoulder replacement, you know, whenever, and because the name of my center is called the Non-Surgical Center of Texas, they think, well, maybe there's a, a chance, and Honestly, we've had the opportunity to help many people avoid surgery because they didn't know there was a better avenue. So the types of patients I see may be in acute pain. I have a love of sports. I deal with, you know, obviously athletes and sporting events. And I treat patients that are 92 years old that just want to get up off a chair. And so... We really have a wide range of things that we can see from all types of spine pain, all types of joint pain, shoulders, elbows, hips, knees, knees obviously pretty common yeah so we we really have found um, a lot of good things to do for patients and, and I have physical therapy included in my practice, and I have awesome physical therapists that make me look really good so <laughs> I'm really appreciative of the the team that I get to work with, but um, I think once patients realize that there's an alternative so our board specialty, as I mentioned, is physical medicine and rehab. We're called physiatrists. That's not podiatrist or psychiatrist. It's a physiatrist, and there aren't a lot of us. There are probably a little over 8,000 board-certified physiatrists in the United States. So it's a little unknown specialty, but it's such an impactful one when you can bridge that gap between do nothing or have surgery.
1: And the website real quick?
2: www.drzmd.
1: Cool. Dr. Annette Zaharoff has been our guest today on In the Loop. Thank you so much. Again, I knew it was going to be fascinating. This is great stuff. Uh, And we'll visit again. Um, We'll say goodbye for today. I'm Milton Glick. Join us next week as we keep you in the loop.
0: Thanks for joining us in the loop. We look forward to bringing you next week's show with Milton Glick.